The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Next week, Richmond Public Schools will be discussing the superintendent's year-round schooling proposal aimed at helping students that have fallen behind during the pandemic. Alan Rodriguez-Espinoza spoke with educators in other districts about how their experience has been. Monica Hendricks is a principal at Bass Elementary in Lynchburg, which started using a year-round calendar over a decade ago. I definitely think it helps with the summer learning loss. She says communicating with families about calendar changes is key, and a big challenge is childcare. Hendricks says she works directly with providers to make sure they're open during their special breaks, also called intercessions. Childcare was not even in the equation, and I thought that we needed to put that in there. Equity is also a concern. Eric Neff is a deputy superintendent for Manassas Park City Schools, which tried year-round in 2014. He says less students who were older and from low-income families participated in the program than expected. Some of them actually worked to support their families and got additional hours in their jobs. The governor and Richmond's mayor have both endorsed year-round school to combat the negative effects of virtual learning. But some Richmond school officials are hesitant because they don't want to rush the change. Alan Rodriguez-Espinosa, VPM News. Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney gave his annual State of the City address Thursday afternoon. As Roberta Roldan reports, Stoney looked back at a challenging year for Richmond and spoke about the need for an equitable recovery from the pandemic. It's been nearly a year since the COVID-19 pandemic began. More than 13,000 Richmonders, Mayor Stoney included, have contracted the virus. The resulting economic lockdown has also impacted local businesses, leaving the city's budget for next year nearly $40 million lighter. But with vaccines being distributed, Mayor Stoney says it's time to start thinking about recovery and how to do it equitably. Make no mistake, the pandemic widened the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the city. We have a responsibility to fix that. As part of his recovery plan, Stoney is promising to create an equitable economic development scorecard that will outline expectations for future developments, like promoting living wage jobs. The city will also look to increase access to public transit, including a new bike share program that will start in public housing communities. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. Virginians are still getting used to the new normal as COVID-19 cases continue to impact the community. The Virginia Department of Health reported on Thursday that 3,700 people have recently contracted the virus. In total, there have been over 541,000 cases in the Commonwealth since the pandemic began. We're currently in phase 1B in distributing the COVID-19 vaccine. VDH says over 245,400 people have been fully vaccinated, while about 11% of the state's population has received at least one dose. The latest data about the coronavirus is updated each morning at 10 on the VDH website. Residents in the Chesterfield Health District who signed up to get a COVID-19 vaccination through the state's pre-registration website or phone number but hadn't gotten a confirmation can now expect one. Ian Stewart has more. The Chesterfield County government has stepped in to help streamline the online vaccination registration. 
An agreement between the Virginia Department of Health and the county health district allows access to the state's registration data. Chesterfield's chief information officer, Barry Condry, says over 100,000 records were gathered. Many were duplicates. From that initial load of data, we've isolated 66,000 email contacts that we can use. That's 66,000 people that we can reach out to to let them know that we got you. We've got your data. Condry says they've also incorporated over 4,000 voicemails. Officials say if you've pre-registered and don't hear back by February 19th, you should plan to re-register. Ian Stewart, VPM News. A bill that would increase funding for Virginia State Police salaries is moving closer to a final vote. The legislation, proposed by Democratic Senator John Edwards from Roanoke, would raise vehicle registration fees by $4. That new money would go into a special fund for increasing state police pay. Edwards says the bill would help eliminate barriers to recruiting a more diverse police force. The proposal advanced out of the House Transportation Committee yesterday. It's headed to the Appropriations Committee, where a similar bill was voted down last week. Virginia Democrats continue to push for legislation this session that would hold law enforcement accountable for misconduct. Legal and justice reporter Whitney Evans is here to talk about what lawmakers have passed so far. Hi, Whitney. Hi, Ben. So this push to reform policing in the state really stemmed from nationwide protests last summer following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. When Democrats gathered for a special session in August, they focused on the issue. What came out of that session? Yeah, so the General Assembly passed a law that lets local governments create civilian oversight boards with some power to investigate misconduct complaints. They also set up a process for creating a crisis response system named after Marcus David Peters. He was the high school teacher who was shot and killed by a Richmond police officer in 2018 while he was having a mental health crisis. They made it easier to decertify problem officers and they banned chokeholds and no-knock warrants. So they did some heavy lifting during the special session on police reforms. What about this General Assembly session? This session, there were only a handful of bills aimed at holding police officers accountable, and most of those efforts were cut short. A proposal that failed would have required police agencies to release body camera footage to the public after a violent incident between an officer and civilians. Another change that advocates say is really important that they can't quite seem to gain enough support for is to get rid of qualified immunity. That's the law that protects government officials, including police officers, from civil lawsuits in a lot of cases. Those who support qualified immunity say it's necessary to protect officers who are often forced to make split-second decisions. Here's John Jones with the Virginia Sheriff's Association. The proponents of this bill say law enforcement officers can do whatever they want and walk away. That is incorrect. That does not happen. The House version of this bill was left in committee. The Senate had an alternative approach that also failed. So what policing bills have lawmakers supported this year? There's a bill that would require law enforcement officers to report misconduct among their ranks to supervisors or face termination or demotion. It also makes clear that officers could get in trouble for profiling and adds sexual orientation and gender identity to the definition of profiling. That's still up for consideration, and it has the support of some Republicans and even some law enforcement groups. Delegate Mark Levine, who introduced the bill, said it's meant to weed out, quote, bad apples. So the, the goal is if there is an officer that is regularly committing misconduct, that officer will be turned in and the folks turning him in will prioritize the public first. They're good apples and they'll turn in this bad apple and we'll be able to weed them out of our police force. 
The House approved the measure last month, so it just needs approval from the Senate. And lastly, not all of the law enforcement bills that have passed so far are punitive. The Senate approved a bill that would increase the vehicle registration fee by $4 to help bring up staffing and pay at the Virginia State Police. It still has to be approved in the House. Lawmakers are still working on finalizing these bills, and it'll be a few weeks before the governor signs anything that passes. What else will you be watching in the meantime? There are lots of really big criminal justice bills this session that are likely going to require some negotiation between the two chambers. I've been watching how lawmakers will decide on a proposal that will let Virginians have their criminal records scrubbed so they can move on with their lives. And even though a proposal to abolish the death penalty is passed both chambers, they're still trying to resolve some differences there. Okay, well, thanks for breaking this all down for us, Whitney. You're welcome. This newscast was recorded on... Thursday, February 11th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.